So let's just take a moment. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, Lord, thank you for every person who's represented here today. Um, I'm just amazed when I think about the cross. You, Jesus, you literally took every one of our sins upon yourself onto the cross so that we wouldn't have to pay the penalty of our sins. And so thank you for that. Um, and Lord, when you, you resurrected, you're now at the right hand of God. And you're even, you know, you're like our biggest cheerleader. You're just, you're our fan. You're interceding for us. You're praying for us. You're rooting us on. You're providing everything that we need to be successful. You provide this church. You provide the Holy Spirit that lives within us. You provide your word. Um, and of course, there's God the Father. So Lord, thank you for setting up everything, Lord, to find you and to find our way. And so Lord, I just, I pray that we would see more clearly today who you are, how great you love us, what you called us to do. So we want to submit to you. We want to obey you. Uh, we want to surrender our lives to you because you are worthy, um, Lord, and you deserve all of our praise. So we pray all of these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, God is, God is so good. So uh, you guys have laughed already, but I do have a quota. I have to say a joke. You don't have to laugh. Okay. I don't know if a joke is a joke if nobody laughs, but I want to say some jokes if you don't mind. So um, you may have heard this. I mean, it's okay. You can say an answer. But if you think you have an answer and it's not a church answer, don't say it because I'm not trying to make anybody sin, right? You've got to say a clean answer to the clean jokes. Okay. That includes you, Caesar. All right. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. So what do you call a priest who becomes a lawyer? Okay. What do you call a priest who becomes a lawyer? And if you ask me that question, I would have no idea, but I have the answer because I looked it up, right? And so the answer is a father-in-law. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. It was almost funny, right? Almost funny. Okay. Now this one you might like, okay? Now, now this is for the Bible scholars. Okay. If you know your Bible, you might have the answer to this. What time of day was Adam created? What time of day was Adam created? What did I hear? Evening. Okay, he's he's in the ballpark. A little before Eve. Okay, that's when he was created. Okay, that's the time of day. Okay, so I don't know if that's funny, but you laughed harder on the second one. Okay, so but anyway, just just want to have a little fun. You know, there's some good jokes out there. Okay, but um, so today we're going to talk about the church body, and you know, as you know, I just I just I just had a sense on my heart. God really wanted me to spend time about the church, you know, how wonderful it is. And I can tell you, I've been so blessed by being part of the church body and this church body in particular, but even other churches, uh, just really amazing. And so uh, we're going to go down a little path here and hopefully you can follow me. But I just want to start with um, the local church, right? Because the, the church body is represent, um, represented by each one of us, right, as the church body. So I want to start in Acts 20, um, 28. And I'm going to be jumping around all in the scripture, so you don't necessarily have to follow me. Uh, specifically, but some scriptures I'll park on. But in Acts 20, go ahead and put that up on the board and we'll read that. Um, oh, uh, that's Acts 4, but that's fine. I'll read it. Um, it says, uh, pay careful attention to yourselves. Oh, and I'm sorry, let me give you some context. So in Acts, you know, this is when the church is born, right? This is when we have Pentecost, right? This is when the Holy Spirit is released throughout the church. And so you'll see many different, um, you know, leaders stepping up and What's really amazing about this time is these disciples, these people that step up, they were around Jesus, right? If you read through all the Gospels, they were with him, and they saw him minister, right? They saw him teach and all these things, but they really didn't quite get it, right? It still took more for them to really get it, and one of the biggest changes for them was that Jesus had to die. Jesus had to go to the cross, right? He had to resurrect, and he had to ascend into heaven, 
And so ultimately, the church had to be the church without Jesus physically being there, right? And so what a great challenge it was for them, but they all rose to the challenge. Uh, but this is some guidance that we're getting from Paul in, in Acts 20. This is towards the end of the book. He's encouraging the leaders in, in Ephesus for Ephesians. And he says in Acts 20, verse 28, he says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all of the flock, and the flock would be the people of the church, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And so, you know, I just want to take a moment here, you know, just think about uh, the church and, and our church and who leads our church, right? Physically, our church is under Christ, right? Christ is the head of the church, but we have a person that God has anointed and chose us to lead our church, right? And who is that? That'd be Pastor James, right? And so I just want to talk a little bit about Pastor James and his leadership. And, and one thing that's really a huge blessing is the church staff that we have. And for those of you guys who uh, may or may not know, if you've been around, you probably know everybody. Um, but we have Melinda in the office, we have Celeste in the office, and we have Henry in the office. And those are kind of the core team, right, that are here on a frequent basis, um, you know, uh, serving the church and, and those kind of things. And they all come with great different gifts and different experiences. And then when it comes to different ministries, we have Santosh for worship, right? And we have Vicky for children's ministry. And I'm on staff, too, as an, as an associate pastor. Um, and there's many others that I'm, I'm not mentioning, but there's just other other people at play. And so what's really um, amazing about the church is that we have, um, you know, through Pastor James' leadership, we have different structures in place. We have different things, um, so the workload is spread out. And, you know, in, again, in, in Pastor James' wisdom and leadership, um, and also delegation, uh, you know, he loves God's word, right? He loves worship, and that's just a testament to how we run our services. And we'll talk a little bit about that in our Connect class, um, for those of you guys who will attend that. Um, but, you know, because he's in the word so much, he allows that wisdom and that knowledge to frame how he does things, right? And so one story I like to think of is way back in Exodus with, um, with Moses. You know, he was leading the people. And there was a time where he was the main guy, right? And so whenever there was a problem, they would actually have people line up. And they said they would line up from morning until evening to come see him. Because, well, he was the man of God, right? He was the one that was interfacing with God. But there was somebody that he knew. Do you guys remember a guy named Jethro? Does that sound familiar? That was his father-in-law. Yeah, and so, but he said, you know, what you're doing, Moses, that's not really a wise thing to do, to be the only guy to support all these people. That's just not a good model. And he said, you need to find different people uh, to help support you. And so uh, Moses took that advice and he, and he looked for able men who had the fear of God and who were trustworthy and who hated a bribe, right? And so very quickly, Moses, he restructured things so that um, the simple things could be handled by you know, different people. The medium complexity thing you know, could be handled by different people. But when it came to the most serious, the most important, then it would come to Moses. And so with just that simple restructuring, uh, it made the church and the, you know, and, you know, as Moses was leading them into the promised land, it made them a lot more effective, a lot more efficient. And so Pastor James has a similar model, right? He's not the one that everybody has to go to. And again, we all love to go to him, which is totally fine, but we have, we have the church staff, right? And then we also have elders too, Right? And so we've been blessed to have many different people serve in our eldership, and, and the elders that we serve today um, are awesome men, and, and it's all biblically based. It's based on Titus 1 and, and 1 Timothy 3, and the qualities of an elder are to be above reproach, to be a you know, husband of one wife, to be gentle, to be sober, right? to be respectable and holy. And there's many warnings in there too, but um, we also have different ministry leaders as well, don't we? 
right? We have youth ministry. Uh, we have we have already mentioned kids ministry. We have 456 ministry, right? We have hospitality. We have all these different ministries. And so when you look at the church itself, there's just so many different, um, I guess, support systems, right? There's different people who are serving and caring for people, and it's very, very healthy. And so just very thankful for that. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but we kind of have an unofficial preaching team too. So like on Sunday mornings, um, we're all very thankful for the, the knowledge and the skill that Pastor James brings, but he's also investing into each, um, into people separately to raise them up as speakers. And, and I've just been blessed to be one of those people. But if, if you literally count, because we have a Wednesday service too, right, which we'll talk a little bit about, uh, we have several people who are speaking there. And so just in-house in our own church, we have about nine people who are capable to preach on Sunday mornings. So isn't that pretty amazing? what God has done and provided in this church. And so I'm hoping you're seeing that in this church, God has blessed us in many ways, and specifically through the leadership of Pastor James, which is really awesome. And um, I think Pastor James has talked about this too, but um, you know, there's a concept of succession planning. I don't know if you guys remember him talking about that, but the whole idea with that is to say, as this church, how do we ensure that it continues? How, does it, how do we ensure for the next generation? Um, it's strong and it's heading in the right direction. And so, again, through his leadership, we've been planning for those kind of things so that if emergencies come, we're ready for it, right? And, when, and, and ultimately, we don't want any emergencies to happen. But what we want is for long term, Lord, where are you bringing this church? This is your church. How do we prepare the next generation uh, to lead and guide this? So, um, so these are all, um, you know, again, just a little bit of the hints, the tastes of what Pastor James does in his leadership. And, and again, we're blessed as a church because of all that. Now, you know, again, I'll just, I'll just be honest. I'm a person too, right? I, um, sometimes when storms come, I get a little nervous, right? I'm like, hey, what is happening? And um, so, you know, I just immediately, I was thinking about a situation with the disciples where Jesus told them, hey, I want you to get in this boat and we're going to go over here, right, together. And, you know, these guys, they were professional fishermen, right? They were people who knew how to, how to get in a boat. But when they got in that boat, you know what happened? A storm came, right? And when that storm came, they got pretty worried about it. And remember, these are professional uh, fishermen, if you will. They know what to do when a problem happens. And they were scared, right? So this is not just any storm. This is a storm that you really want to be careful about. And so they, they got really scared. And, and so much so, they said something to Jesus that, I don't know, maybe we say sometimes. He said, Lord, do you not care? We, we are basically about to die. Right? We're going to drown. You know, this water is going to take us out. You know, if, if the water doesn't take us out, this boat's going to break and it's going to hit us in the head and then we can't swim, right? It's just going to be a bad situation. And what is Jesus doing this whole time? Do you guys remember? He's just sleeping, taking it easy. Does Jesus care? What do you think? I mean, he's, he's asleep at the wheel, right? Like, what? Jesus, wake up, right? Like, it's about time. You know, move, right? That's what we feel, don't we? And, you know, so when storms come, you know, we get a little antsy, right? Like, God, where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you responding? Now, why do you think Jesus could rest during that storm? It's not, always, it's not always a fun answer to think about, right? Like, why could he rest? But he's, well, for one, he's Jesus. That's a good answer. Um, but, you know, it, it said that Jesus spent time with God, right? He knew what was going on. He knew the storm was coming. He told them to get into the boat, right? He set them up. I mean, don't you think, right? Like, he said, look, this is what we're going to do. He didn't, he didn't tell anything about the storm part, right? He was like, hey, you guys are going to freak out and you're going to want to kill me. He didn't say any of that stuff, right? But they, Jesus was very clear, and they listened. These, these the disciples were obedient, and they still went through the storm, didn't they? Right? So they did nothing wrong, but when we're in storms like that, what happens? It's a time of testing. It's a time of what do we believe? 
What does our faith put in, right? And so what did Jesus do when he woke up? I mean, he probably had some choice words for him. We don't get everything that Jesus said, right? But, but he said to the wind, be calm. He said to the water, be still. And everything was as it was supposed to, right? And so, you know, there's just times in our lives where we have storms and things come. God is there with us. We might even see him. It might, it might appear like he's sleeping, but he knows what's going on, right? He knows, he knows the plan. He has, a, he has a purpose. Okay, let's get back to our, our church, okay? And so um, we're going to talk about this specifically church, right? This specific church. If you don't go to church here, then think about your own specific church. But this specific church, why do you go to church? Why do we take the time to come to church on Sunday? What is the purpose of that, right? Why do we come to church? And, and so I really want us to think about that. And, and so I just want to ask you, Anybody who has an answer, why did you come to church today? Why are you here? To worship, to praise. I'm sorry, I hear some good answers. What's that? Worship. Okay. Okay, learn the word. Okay, and I, I think this is my good ear, so I can only hear that side. I don't know what's going on. Okay. I trust that you guys have good answers. It's just not coming in here, okay? Pray for this ear, okay, would you? Um, but yeah, so there's many reasons we come to church, right? And... So for me, when I think about that, I, and again, I had to sit and think about this myself. Why did I come to church? Well, for one, I, I literally need it, right? Because if, if I don't come to church, guess where I go? Away from God, right? I go to what the world thinks. I go to what I want to do, right? Not necessarily what God wants to do. It's, um, there's, I'm encouraged to be around you. Um, so whether you believe that or not, it's genuinely the truth. And, and I hope I'm an encouragement to you. But basically, I'm just saying, as a church body, I need you, right? And uh, I don't necessarily want you to need me, per se, but I just say, you bless me by being here, right? And we want to experience God's presence, right? We want to know who God is. We want to experience his love. We want to be filled up. And I know sometimes um, people come to church because we, we need a miracle. We need God to move because we've tried everything else. There's no other answer, right? And I know one blessing for me is that to have the ability to serve other people. Because there's something about receiving God's love, but there's a totally different experience when we express God's love and we serve people. And, uh, and I think we're designed to be that way. We're designed to receive and we're designed to give. Now, in the early church, um, we talked a little bit about um, the Pentecost. And in the book of Acts, we're going to go way back to chapter 2, just, just after that, um, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In chapter 2, verse 42, it talks about the early church, and it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And so this is something that we do when we come to church. We dedicate ourselves to God's word, right? The faithful people that God has put to minister to us. And so, again, I'm just so thankful that there are so many people who will minister to you today, right? And just God so willing, let me be one of those today. And let Santosh and the worship team be one of those to you today. And if you get, um, you know, prayer and different things that you interact with Christians, you have many opportunities for God to minister to you. And for fellowship, uh, we need people, right? We are designed for relationships. And we need people with like-minded values uh, to encourage each other. And, you know, this concept of breaking bread, I've always, um, I've always thought of that, of having a meal together. And I think that might be what it's talking about. Because having a meal together means that we build relationships, right? That we connect. And I was reading some commentaries, and they say breaking bread could also refer to the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, yeah, in terms of communion, right? That kind of thing. And then I, I read this other commentary, said it could be both, you know? And all I mean by that is people come together to break bread, have a meal, and within that meal, 
also share communion together. And I thought that's a pretty awesome way to, to read that. So I'll let you take that on your own. But then there's also prayers. And then in Hebrews 10, 24, we get another encouragement about, about church. And it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. And verse 25, not neglecting to meet together. So that phrase, not neglecting to meet together, would basically mean um, avoiding church or not coming to church, right? And it says not, in verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one, one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay, so when we come to church, we have some ideas why we come to church. Now, when we, when we come to church, what should happen, right? What would be our expectation? So let me just give you an example. Let's say you go to a restaurant, and I know everybody's in good shape here, so let's just say, you know, ladies, what's a good number? You know, 100? Okay, don't say yes or no, right? Let's just say, let's just say you weigh 100 pounds, right? When you go to a restaurant, how much do you weigh when you come out of that restaurant? <clears throat> Probably a little bit more than 100, right? <clears throat> probably just a little bit. <clears throat> okay, and I'm not picking on the ladies. I mean, guys, you could probably, you know, pick a number. What are we, 150, right? Everybody 150, the guys, right? Uh, so that, that could be a joke, but it's, yeah, it's a joke for me for sure. Um, but, you know, we, we're going to pour on the pounds, aren't we? Right? When we go into the, the restaurant, we're going to come out different, right? We're going to weigh different. What about going to the gym? Maybe that's a better answer, right? Anybody go to a gym? Because I'm not one of them, but I'm just raising my hand because that's what we do. But if you go into the gym and you weigh a certain weight, there's a, probably a pretty good chance you're going to weigh less, right? There's, you're going to burn some calories. Maybe you're going to gain some muscle. Maybe you're going to gain weight. I'm not sure. But you're probably going to feel better. But here's the question. When we come to church, should we be the same as we came as when we leave, right? What should be different? What should be the result of us going to church? And so I want to I read Ephesians 4.11. This is one of our, our favorite verses. And so, yeah, we'll go ahead and yeah, put it on the, on the board. So this is in context of what is the church to do? What is it to produce? So, in, in, uh, so again, chapter 4.11. And he, this is God, Jesus, he gave, the, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Hopefully you can see all of the awesome titles, um, the positions that God has ordained. To do what? To equip the saints. Does everybody know who a saint is? It's, it's you. Yeah, you're a Christian, right? You're all saints, yeah. So uh, go ahead and put that back up there. So to equip the saints, the Christians, for the work of ministry, right? For the building up of the body of Christ. And again, um, uh, you can just go back one slide. And the body of Christ, I hope you guys know this, this is representation of the church, right? Each individual person represents the body of Christ. Okay, go ahead and go to the next. <clears throat> and until we attain, there's, there's some things that we want to attain, the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to know Jesus, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And we'll continue. So that we may no longer be children. Okay, so to say that another way, we can no longer be kids. We can no longer be babies in our spiritual maturity right? We are to grow up, and we're, uh, go ahead and put the scripture up. We're going to talk about that. And because if, if we are children, we're going to be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Everything that's out there is going to sway us. It's going to make us think, whoa, is Jesus really that? And it says, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. And so now we're made very clearly aware that there are um, there, there are lies, right? There are things that are not true. And in verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in every way. 
into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, think of the whole church, is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, So I want to just recap, just summarize some of that stuff we just learned. So when we come to church, we are being equipped for the work of ministry. right? And so do you guys realize that? When you come into church, you're being equipped for the work of ministry. And for what purpose? To build up the body of Christ. To build up yourself, to build up the church. And one of our goals is to attain a unity of faith in what we believe in and what we understand about Jesus. And the way we do that is we, we build up the church body in love. Now, in our midweek service, we've been uh, going through the book of Romans. And so it's been such a blessing because there's, it's such a deep book, uh, so much to get out of it. And this last uh, week, we went over the, the chapter of Romans 12. And Romans 12 talks about a couple things, but one specific thing is about gifts, about spiritual gifts. So us as Christians, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, and Henry so eloquently um, communicated, we get the one gift of the Holy Spirit, but he gives us many gifts with an S. I think he said it longer and louder and with more, you know, but uh, you have to listen to that to get that. But there's so many gifts, and, and so I just want to summarize some of those. So some of the gifts that we have within us are prophecy, of service, of encouragement, of teaching, generosity, uh, leading, and acts of mercy. And here's one thing that's just really amazing about God is when he gives us a gift, he says, take it and keep it to yourself and you don't share it with anybody, right? It's like, it's your gift, right? And he says, whatever I give you is for the purpose to bless others. It is, it's, it's a multiplier, right? It's exponential. Whatever gift that he gives us can be um, magnified in, in, in a great way. And, and I want to just share uh, just a quick thing. Um, for those of you who've heard some of my messages in the past, uh, I was led to give a message on fear. And in this particular message, God was asking me to share a testimony where I did everything wrong and I had to completely depend on him, right? And it was so much so that I was actually afraid to give that testimony. And so I guess that's normal, right? If, if God's going to ask you to teach on something like fear, he's going to make you afraid, right? He's going to say, okay, well, you got to face fear yourself. And so this particular thing um, I shared with, with everyone that um, I had, you know, again, this was before I was a Christian, but I was a man. I, I knew what I was doing. I was, I was stuck in pornography. And again, I, I was afraid to share that, right? I'm, I'm afraid to share weaknesses with people. But I knew that's what God was telling me. But I can tell you specifically, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to share Right? And I don't think it's always wise to share everything. Right, You don't need to be transparent about everything. But I felt so strongly that God put on my heart that I would do that. And, you know, again, you would think that if you're around church a while, you kind of, it would make sense at some point. But I was just so self-centered in that whole process. I was like, okay, God, I really don't want to do this. I really don't. You know, and that's all I could think about. I couldn't see like past my nose, right? I can only see right here. And by just being obedient to him, in that service, I was able to pray for some people who were struggling with the same thing. And again, that's just a, a wonderful thing. And, and here's the other part I just want to tell you is people were listening, right? And they were like, okay, I don't struggle with that, but I know somebody else who does. And so several months down the road, um, I was able to connect with somebody else and minister in that way. And, you know, this is, again, just something that when we are just willing to put ourselves in front of God and let him speak to us, we don't always know what he's doing. We don't know why he's asking us to do something. But if we're willing to submit to him, we're willing to be obedient, he is able to move through us and heal other people.
He's able to express his love to other people. And, you know, this is one of the scriptures that I love and I quote a lot is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And it goes like this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so to say that maybe just in a short way, as we go through things, God will, will be with us. He will comfort us. And that same comfort that we received, he, he blesses it and he allows us to comfort others in that way. And so all I'm trying to say in that area, God allowed me to minister and help people, right? And so there's things that you go through in your life that again, they're painful. There are things you don't want to go through, right? Um, there are things where you, you confess your sin. But if you're so willing to, to allow God to use that pain, you're so willing to let him to use that experience, he can turn that pain into good. He can turn that curse into a blessing. And that's something that we can partner with God on. And so, you know, as we, as we continue on in this, in this spot, we were talking about what should the church produce? What should, it, what should it mean for us to be here today? And so you are being equipped for the work of ministry. So I'm just asking you, how are you being equipped? Be aware of those things. How is God equipping you today? And what areas of opportunity do you have to serve in ministry, to give back? Because God, he uses every single thing in our, uh, you know, for his benefit and for our good. Now, as we go through the Bible, there's, um, there's a lot of encouragements. And I, I felt the need to give a, a pastoral encouragement. And this is specifically from, uh, from Paul in his writings. And when he wrote to the, to the church in Corinth, uh, if you guys are familiar with any of those letters, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, there's a lot of correction going on in there. Right? They were totally going sideways in a lot of different ways. But if you read carefully, you're going to see a heart of a pastor in there too. You're going to see how much he cares for them. And so in one of the, one of the things, he's, he's actually defending himself because people are accusing him of not, not doing well, of not being the type of pastor that he should be, right? not being the type of Christian that he should be. And what is his response? Um, now, he's, you know, again, I'm, I'm giving him a little bit of a, uh, a light coloring here, but he would say to the people in Corinth, you are my workmanship. You know, the people who attend my church, right? The people who I've ministered to. Uh, this is, again, this is Paul speaking to the people in Corinth. You are my workmanship. You are the seal of my apostleship. And so he would tell the people in the church, look, you, you are my fruit, if you will, right? Of all the work, all the labors that I do for Christ, for the church, you're the result. And so you, as you walk around, as you live, as you, uh, you know, be, be a Christian in your neighborhoods, you're an example um, of, of what I, I guess what's God's capable through me, right? And so I would think, I don't want to speak for Pastor James, but I would think the same thing is true for him. Like as we look around the room, each one of you uh, has benefited from his ministry, right? In terms of uh, spending time and ministering and leading you into truth and correcting us when we need to go a different way. Um, you know, he brings a shepherd's heart and it's, it's, it's really awesome. He, he toes the line of, hey, look, I'm going to meet you where you're at, but I'm going to call you higher too, Right? You're not, you're not meant to stay where you are. You're meant to go where God is leading you. And, you know, I was thinking, um, I don't know if you can believe it, but many years ago I played football and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, God blessed me with not getting hurt, which is pretty cool because you're just running into each other the whole time. So I'm not sure how I didn't get hurt. But I do remember the coaches, they would instill some qualities in us, right? And, and so sometimes they would encourage us, put on your jersey, right? Wear your jersey around. But remember, when you do that, you're representing the football team right, when you put that jersey on. And not only that, you're representing the school, 
right? And not only that, you're representing the sport, right? So you're so however you behave, if you're going to goof off and badmouth and do all this stuff, well, then you're basically you're disrespecting the school, right? You're bringing down a reputation, right? You're 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 suffering a lot of things, and and so you know when I think about us as Christians, when we walk around, you know, in, in many ways we're representing Pastor James, right? They're like, oh, you know, what church do you go to? Oh, that's my pastor. Well, I'm not sure if uh, I want to follow you and your pastor, right? You know, and again, I'm 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 kind of being joking here because I don't think we have pro people who don't know the line, but. <clears throat> But not only are we representing Pastor James, we're representing the church too, right? We're representing Christians in general. And we're also representing Jesus, which is probably the most important. So as we go, we have the privilege to represent Jesus to our neighborhoods, you know, to the people around us. And so I just want to encourage us to represent well, um, to know that we go, out, we go representing Jesus to people who may never go to church, right? who may never understand what it means to read the Bible and, and be blessed by being part of a church family. So, um, so yeah, uh, in addition to that encouragement, I want to talk a little bit about the church and its mission. So uh, are you guys familiar with the Great Commission? I would sure hope so, right? When Jesus, right before he was ascending, he said something specific. He said for us to go and to make disciples and to baptize in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And so that is our, our, our mission of the church. Now, for those of you guys who are going to be in our Connect class, uh, we're also going to ask that question about our local church, like our specific church. Does anybody know what our local church's mission is in addition to that? And if you don't know, it's over there on the wall. <laughs> it's called passion for God and compassion for people, right? And so it's just another way to, uh, to summarize how we're supposed to love God and, and love, love neighbors. Now, you know, we think about the mission of the church. Sometimes it's, it's like, okay, that's all well and good. Like, as a church, we're going to do that. But what is God's will for me? Does anybody ever wonder that question? Like, for me specifically, what is God's will for me, right? And so I want to give you a couple of answers to that. And, uh, and again, just strictly based on Scripture. So if you want to make some notes, you can do that, and you can see me after too. But in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says that God's will for you is sanctification. So now you guys are completely clear, right? You just got to be sanctified. That's all you got to do, right? And so, you know, again, we have sometimes these churchy words, but you can also think of it as being holy, right? Being holy. And the word sanctify is used in a lot of different contexts, but it says to be set apart for God. You know, we've talked about holiness already, but here's probably the thing I want you to really grasp is to become more Christ-like, this whole process of being a Christian is to be saved once and for all, but then to be continually made in his image. And that's where the sanctifi sanctification comes. That means more like Jesus and less like us, less like our old self, and that transformation. I want to give you some other scriptures too. Again, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, uh, we're encouraged by Paul. He says, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Okay? So now we've talked about sanctification. We want to rejoice, we want to pray, and we want to give thanks in all, all circumstances. So this is God's will for us. And then uh, the last one I want to touch on is 1 Peter 2.15. And he says specifically, for this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. 
Now this one, again, we're using the phrase specifically, the will of God, but this is in context of submitting to, to authorities, to submitting to rulers. And, and I think we're going to touch on this next Wednesday as we go on Romans 13 too. So, but the, but the thing I want you to, to catch is God's will for you specifically. Uh, in my opinion, it's clear. I don't necessarily want to say it's easy, right, to live godly the whole way, but, but I don't know that it has to be as mysterious as we make it, right? I think he's, he's given us some very clear direction. Now, uh, so we've talked a little bit about the church. What I want to ask you is, do you think that the church gets attacked or the church goes through trials or the church goes through tribulations? And again, this is kind of the the heart behind why I felt like I was supposed to speak on this. Um, Because for me specifically, uh, this is my opinion. You don't necessarily have to agree with it. But I think uh, an attack of physical illness on our senior pastor is an attack. Right, and so what happens there is um, again what what I love about this church is that we're aware, is that we're curious. We want to know what's going on, why are things happening, and I just in my mind I just like to think of the leader is the one that's in the front, is is like paving the new path. Right, he is taking the charge, but he's also taking all the direct hits. Right, anything that's coming against the church is coming against him. Now in this specific situation, um, this is a time where we say, hey, time out. We're going to pause. We're going to pull our senior leader in, into the middle, and we're going to put a wall around him, right? We're going to cover him in prayer. Um, everyone's going to physically stand up, right? Everyone's going to um, take their place and say, okay, no, uh, it's time for darkness to push back. It's time for things to uh, just just take a moment. And so when we do things like that, uh, Pastor James can rest in the peace that knowing that he's covered physically and he's covered spiritually, uh, by his church, by his church body, right, and also by by God Himself, and so we we have to we have to acknowledge that things are going around, and that our participation is important, right? And so we'll talk a little bit about that. How can we step up? How can we step in? Um, because I know sometimes uh, things like this can be scary, right? We can run and hide, or we can say, "Oh, you know what? That's not my job. That's somebody else's job," you know, or you know. Um, or we can engage, we can step up, right? We can participate. And so I was, uh, I was reminded of, again, the early church in the book of Acts. Uh, in chapter 4, there's just a couple of scriptures. But they were spreading the word of God. They were spreading the gospel. They were teaching. People were getting it. Uh, but there was a lot of opposition. There were people that did not want the gospel to be spread. And, and so how do they do that? They, they put them in jail right? So the church leaders were put in jail. And so when this happened, how did they respond? Um, they actually prayed to God, and they prayed this, uh, this, I, this directionally. They said, okay, God, we, we understand that there are people over here that are persecuting us. Can you please just acknowledge that? You know, they weren't even asking for the persecution to stop. They were just saying, hey, could you just consider them? Well, they said, here's what we really want, that you would continue to give us boldness uh, to speak the gospel, to spread the gospel, and to reach people for your name. So they were just so focused on what they needed to do, they weren't worried about what was going about them. And so what I love is is they're continuing to fight for God's will, and they're continuing to go into prayer. And, you know, can you guys think about just other times in the Bible when the church was being persecuted, when the leaders were being attacked, you know? And you know, when I was thinking about it, a couple of things came to mind. And, and one of them, if you remember way back with Moses, uh, there was a battle that they were fighting. They were, um, they were fighting against um, Amalek, if I'm, if I'm saying that correctly. And there was a time where, 
when, when Moses was raising his hands, the victory was Israel's. But he was kind of an older man, and he was getting tired, right? And what, what happens? His hands started coming down. And when that would happen, guess who would start winning the battle? The, you know, the other side, right? So Israel would start to lose. Now, there was uh, some people around him that noticed that, right? They were aware of what's going on. And so they would they actually gave him a stone to sit on so he could save some energy from his legs, right? And then they got, they got beside him, and they lifted up his hands. And when those hands came back up, guess what happened? The victory came back, right? And so this is just, again, just a situation just think about, like with Pastor James. Well, when he's getting tired, when he's weary, when he needs to rest, guess what we can do? We can step alongside. We can lift the hands where we need to, right? And we can fight the battle uh, so that we're successful. And then, and then I think about uh, the Apostle Peter when he was in jail, again, for spreading the gospel, for declaring that healing was done in whose name? In Jesus' name, right? And so he would do those things. And he was thrown in jail, and guess what the church did? They prayed, right? And they, they, they came together. They unified. They strengthened. And then what happened to Peter? Well, an angel came to him and let him walk straight out of jail, get out of jail-free card, right? Really amazing. <clears throat> and so there's many, many more examples. So as we, you know, again, as, as we think about ourselves as individual church uh, members, as individual Christians, how can we respond? And so I want to give you a couple of prayers that we can look at. And, and again, there are many, many prayers, so you don't have to pray these ones specifically. But I just want to encourage you to pray some of these. And, you know, as you have, as you have been already, I encourage you to continue to pray, uh, you know, for the church, for Pastor James. But in number 6, 24 to 26, uh, the prayer goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And he encouraged, like Joshua, to be strong and courageous, right? These are prayers that we can pray, to be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that we are to trust into the Lord um, for his ways with all your heart and, and lean not on our own understanding. And all our ways acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight. And this one might be just as important as all the others in Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, of doing good excuse me, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Uh, pray that we would seek the kingdom of God and all of, all of his righteousness. And, if, and pray for wisdom. Because God says that if we ask for wisdom, he will give it to us generously. And Jesus, he, he gives us a commandment. And so we can pray that we would love one another just as he has loved us. And by that, by the love that we have for each other, people will know that we're disciples. And I want to, uh, one more that I wanted to cover with you uh, in terms of prayer is, is uh, excuse me, 1 Peter 5.1. And so Peter is encouraging, he says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. So he's encouraging the elders to, to what? To shepherd the flock, to take care of the church. And this is something that God has given them, to give oversight to the church, not under compulsion, but willingly, and to do it eagerly. And you can continue on to the next verse. Yeah, and, and, just, and to be an example to the flock. And so these are different ways that we can, we can pray and participate. 
Now, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to call up the worship team, and uh, as as he comes up, I want to I want to read a couple more um, things to you. Now, when it comes to our response to when the church is attacked, we can pray, but we can also we can also do service as well. And I'm reminded in in the book of Acts in chapter six, if you remember, there, the church was experiencing some growth pains, and I'll just summarize it. We don't need to put it up there. It's fine. Um, this is where there were some conflicts going on where the widows were not being taken care of. And so the church was observant. They wanted to fix that, right? They wanted to make it better. And But the, the, the leaders, the apostles, they knew they couldn't do everything. They couldn't preach the word and serve at the same time. So what did they do? They asked the church, hey, we need people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We need people who are respectful, right? We need people who are willing to serve. And so they called out and the church responded. The church came. And so as us as Christians, our goal is to be spirit-filled people, right? To have a good reputation, to be full of wisdom. And we can also respond through support as well. That we can bear one another's burdens, just like we talked about with Moses and Aaron and her. And remind ourselves and remind those around us that the Lord is near the brokenhearted, right? He is close to us. And another way we can respond is through honor. And so the way that we can respond through honor, I want to um, go through a couple of scriptures for you. In First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, it says, We ask you, brothers, and this would be sisters, to respect those who labor among you, those who are in the church, those who serve, that are over you and admonish you, esteem them highly in love. And so there are people who minister to you. There are people who are above you. Um, you know, let them know that you appreciate it. You know, respect them. Um, and you can have tough conversations. You can, you can ask questions. All of those things are fine. But God has called us to honor those who are in service, right? And, uh, and so to stand up in that way. So in summary, or we talked a lot about the church body today. And we come to church to experience God's love, right? To experience his presence. To be equipped for the work of ministry. Uh, to build each other up in love to be sanctified, right? To rejoice and be in prayer and to grow up in every way, right? In Christ. So as we, uh, as we conclude, I, I want us to do a, a worship song together. And I want to, before we do that, I want to pray uh, just a couple prayers. Um, first of all, I want to thank everyone again for your love and support over Pastor James and his situation. Again, he's doing well and, um, and we're, he should be here next week and it should be, everything should be great. But let's not assume. Let's continue to stand in the gap. Let's continue to raise up as a church body um, and cover our pastor. And, you know, again, I don't, uh, I, I think most of the people in the room are saved, but uh, there, may, there may be some that are not saved. And so I want to just give you an opportunity to become a Christian. If you've never been a Christian, you never surrendered your life to Jesus. Um, all it is, it's just understanding where we are and where God is and, and what Jesus has done for us. And so um, in Romans 10, 9, it says that we believe um, in our heart. Right? That, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Let me, let me correct that. Yeah, we believe in our heart that Jesus is the Christ and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And it's very simple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say just a quick prayer, a simple prayer. And my prayer can't save you, but it's your prayer to God that you give invitation for him to be in your life. And so it just goes like this. Uh, Dear Jesus, I realize I'm not perfect. I realize I need a savior. And I do believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you've died for my sins. 
that you rose again. And I confess that I want to follow you. I want to make you my Lord and Savior. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And if you've prayed that prayer, please do uh, get a hold of someone here at the church. We want to know. We want to pray with you. We want to walk with you. Because being a Christian is not intended to be something that we do alone. It's meant to be a body, just like we've talked about today. The church is a body where every single person is important and has a role. So what I want to do is I'm going to ask everyone to stand up because we're going to worship here together in just a minute. And as you stand up, I want you to just stay focused on God. I, I, I just felt encouraged to, to lead to lead us in all the truths that God has for us. And so I want you just to be in a posture of receiving, a posture of, of letting God's word speak to you and speak and be spoken over to you. So I want to pray a couple of blessings over you and then we'll, we'll worship together. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're here before you to hear from you, to allow your word to just run over us and cover us completely. And so Lord, we pray that you would teach us to do your will. And we declare that you are our God. And Lord, we, we live by faith and we're justified by your faith. And so Lord, I pray that you continue to transform us, that we would live as new creations in Christ as you have promised. Lord, I do pray for energy and strength and that we would not grow weary in doing good, Lord. Because we know that in due season we'll reap the fruits of our labors. And Lord, we, we just want to delight ourselves in you. We delight ourselves in you, Lord. And Lord, thank you that you've made us part of the body. And so we ask, Lord, for your favor in how we take care of ourselves, how we take care of others. Lord, that we would seek others to be a part of your body as well. Lord, we worship you only, and we serve you only. So Lord, thank you that we can grow up in you in every way, and we commit that to you. And Lord, we just can't resist what you've done in our lives, that we have to share it with other people. Lord, that we do everything for your glory, for the glory of God. And I pray, Lord, that the Lord would bless you, All right, let's go ahead and worship together as a church. And let's praise our Heavenly Father. Your love is devoted Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring through the winter rain and beyond the horizon, and mercy for today. And faithful you have been, you will be. And faithful you will be. You pledge yourself to me, and it's why I sing your praise. Will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips 
the orphan And your kindness makes us whole You shoulder our weakness And your strength becomes our own Lord, make me more like you Clothing me in white Bringing beauty from ashes For you will have your bride Free of all her guilt and her shame Rid of all her shame Known by her true name And it's why I sing your praise Will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips You will be praised You will be praised With angels and saints we sing worthy Are you Lord? You will be praised You will be praised With angels and saints we sing worthy Are you Lord? You will be praised You will be praised With angels and saints we sing worthy Are you Lord? You will be praised You will be praised With angels and saints we sing worthy Are you Lord? And it's why I sing your praise Will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Lord, let our, our praise, Lord, be to you Lord, let our words speak life Lord, I thank you that we can praise. And, and so, Lord, I'm, I'm just calling upon you to continue to empower us, each individual, as Christians, Lord, to become more Christ-like. As you said, it's your will that we would be sanctified, that we would be complete in our sanctification process. And, and Lord, that we would demonstrate your love and your goodness here. And so, Lord, we praise you. We submit our lips to you. 
Lord, I pray that as we speak, as we go about our day, we share just your love and your blessings with people. And so, Lord, I pray that you would continue to equip your church. You continue to strengthen your church. And so, Lord, we're asking, Lord, the plans that you have for us as a church, Lord, that they would be fruitful. Lord, that we would be willing to step into that. So I thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening the church right now. You are equipping the church right now. You're releasing the church right now. And so, Lord, I pray every single person, every single one of us would know, okay, God, you want me to do something. You want me to respond. You want me to grow. You want me to serve. You want me to pray. You want me to reach out. So, Lord, thank you, Lord, for being persistent with us. Thank you for being patient with us. Thank you for communicating with us, Lord. So, Lord, we just continue to praise you. And we're going to continue to worship, but I want to pray a blessing over you. And, um, and we're, going to, we're going to continue to worship for just a little bit. But, but, but please go with God's presence, knowing that the Lord is with you, that he blesses you. And no matter where you find yourself, God is right there with you, alongside you, knocking at your heart, just to, let you, to ask you to open up, open up, to allow him to let you in. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for being with us, Lord. So we praise you. We give you all the glory. Lord, we submit to you. And I pray, Lord, you would bless your people. They would know how much you love them. Lord, we need that. And so be blessed. Have a great week. Uh, we'd love to see you on midweek. And for those of us who are going to hang around for the Connect class, we'll, we'll get started probably close to 12. But we're going to worship just a little bit more um, today. So please... Feel free to go, but also feel free to stay. So God bless you all.